teaching on kingdom culture, let me go into the sermon this morning, kingdom uh, culture part two, and I spoke on hope last week. I'm going to continue on hope a little bit again this morning and just um, encourage us a little further before we take on the message and learn some other things. But as I said last week, there is culture wherever we go, isn't there? There's culture in our families. There's culture in our workplace. There's culture in our um, our society, in our school. There's various culture, and some of it is um, is good. But some of the culture that we see coming through and working through society is really not good. It's unhealthy. Um, it's dark and it's evil and it's it's crushing people. It's destroying people's lives. And so. The purpose of this Kingdom Culture series is to build culture within us that is stemmed and built on the foundations of God's ways, God's principles, so that we would carry heaven into every place that we go into. Wasn't it Jesus' prayer that said, let um, the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? That's a, that's a powerful prayer to pray as a Christian. May your kingdom come, Lord, here on earth as it is in heaven. That's kingdom culture, and that's the privilege that we have together of, of carrying culture into this world and infecting it and, and pushing back the dark culture that's around us and so prevalent in every single area of life. Let me just show you again the definition of culture. What does culture mean? It is the ideas, customs, beliefs, and social behaviors of a particular people or society. Now, you translate that into kingdom culture, and it is Christian ideas, customs, beliefs, and social behaviors of the Christian group, the Christian circle and society that is to be lived out in every single day of our lives. And so I want to encourage you to grab onto some of these sermons that I'm going to be preaching the next few weeks and these elements of what kingdom culture looks like and take it into your workplace. Begin pushing back the dark, evil culture that we see around us and uh, infiltrate it. Push back the darkness. God has put His Word and His Spirit in us to begin to go and to take that into our workplaces and our surroundings so that we would push back darkness. And so we have a great responsibility as Christians, as ambassadors for Christ, to go and to resemble, to reflect the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That's our task as believers. If we're not doing that, we really are, in a sense, failing the Great Commission. Because the Great Commission is about us as Christians going out there and being the salt and the light of the world. Carrying our kingdom culture into the world around us. And so my question is, in, in this world, as we touched on last week, there's so many people going through so many dark, troubled times. It's destroying so many people. There's so much depression. There's fear. There's anxiety. There's all kinds of things that are sucking the life out of you and me and people around us. And I touched on how hope is so important. Hope brings that encouragement. It lifts up the soul. It lifts up the heart. It, it gives you that jump in your step again to walk every single moment of your life. And the question though is, why are so many people down? Why are so many people in dark times? Why are our souls troubled? Why is our mental health struggling so much? Why is our life in turmoil? And here's some of the answers and some of the questions I want us to just think about because it helps us to address and it helps us to identify not only in our lives but in our community's lives where we're going wrong 
and how we can bring hope into the world and encourage people. Many times our minds are on the carnal things of this world. That's one of the answers. And carnal does not only necessarily mean sinful things. The carnal just means the material things of this world. Um, our daily work, our jobs, fin you know, financing certain things, our bills, our debt. And so our, our minds are on the carnal worldly things. And to break out of that cycle of hopelessness and death, we need to find some key principles to, to get us into the hope and the life and the peace that God has got for us. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 6. I don't have that on the screens. Um, this is what Romans 8, verse 5 to 6 says. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds, so think of that, the minds and the thoughts set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds, their thoughts set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed, how do you know if your mind is governed by the things of the flesh or the Spirit? Only you can tell in your walk and in your thought life. But the mind governed by the flesh is death. Here's some of the answers. Why are we struggling so much? Because our minds are governed by the things of the flesh, the carnal realm, and it's killing us. We, we, we're setting our, thing, our minds so much on everything tangible around us, and that's what's destroying so many people out there. But it says the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. There's an answer. And so, how do you encourage people? Ask them the question, what are you thinking about, Paul? What's your thoughts on all the time? You know, Paul, what is going through your mind every day at work? And, and where are your thoughts so fixed? Because where your thoughts are, that's going to govern the state of your life. If your thoughts are on the material things and the carnal things, what's going to happen is you're going to, it's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to depression and fear and anxiety and stress and all kinds of worry and hopelessness. But Paul, if your mind is set on the things of the Spirit, the things of God, it's going to lead to your life filled with peace and filled with life. That's what the Word says. How, that's how you can build into people's lives and be encouraged. You see, we're so conditioned nowadays to think like this. Here's some of the thoughts that run through most people's minds, whether it's in the church or outside there. With all this violence, crime, are we safe in our homes and our country? That's a question that goes through many of our, our minds. You know, and many of us are overwhelmed by that. Are we safe in our country? Are we safe in our homes? Should we even be here? Should we flee the country is what we're thinking about all the time. Many of us are worried about the future of our kids. Some of us are thinking we need guns to protect our families. Some people are saying, can I ever find a good job? Will I ever find a good job in society nowadays that will be good for me, that I'll enjoy and that will give me a future for my family? Some people are thinking to themselves, will I have enough money to retire when it's my time? Some people are worried about their future spouses. Will they find that person? Other people struggle with thoughts in their minds that they don't matter to anyone else, that their life, their life doesn't matter. They don't matter to people. Nobody seems to care for them. These are some of the thoughts just a tiny bit of the thoughts that are running through our minds that are governing our lives many times and that are robbing us of hope and peace and life that God wants us to walk in. David says in Psalm chapter 42, verse 11, he says, and he's speaking to himself, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? 
Hope in God. Here's some self-motivation again that David's so good at doing. Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. As I said, the last few weeks I've been speaking to a number of people in the church and outside the church and teenagers at youth. And there are so many more people than we realize that are suicidal and are struggling, that have no purpose in life and feel that they want to end their life. And the biggest key that we have to do with people and friends and family around is to encourage them and to get their minds filled with hope again, their hearts filled with hope again. You've got to change people's way of thinking. Otherwise, it leads to so much death. I, I went to a hospital this week to pray for some people. Some people in our new in our church were away and they said to me, I'll... Um, house worker and her husband who's their gardener they as a couple are going through a lot and they're struggling and they're now away and they can't come and see them and um, they'd been attacked the, the the woman had been attacked and by some vicious family and been bitten on her head here and the husband um, had been attacked and beaten up by a big group and thrown out of the car and left for dead and they thought he was finished and praise God that he's still alive and his life has been spared. And so I went to a hospital I haven't been to before, Kalafung Hospital in Attridgeville. And I prayed for them and their family and I was just encouraging them. You know, they were downcast. They were down at the pits because at the same time, their son, who's maybe in his other late 20s or 30s, had a child, one month old, and he, in the same period of about four days of these accidents, he died, the little, the little child of four um, of about a month and a half years old. And at that time, he too, the son, got beaten up very badly. And it was just family havoc. And so we clearly know that there were some serious attacks on their family. To, when, you, when you have patterns like that, you know it's demonic stuff that's going on where Satan is out attacking certain families in, in certain ways. And so I just went and all I could do was encourage and pray for them. That's all you can do. And that's not... Like it's nothing to do, it's everything you can do. It's to empower people as you bring hope into their life. How do you bring somebody out of a troubled time that's stressed, that's crying, that's got bandages all over, that's on drips because they've been beaten up and they're full of fear and anxiety? You draw their attention that their hope is in the Lord. And the word says, if your hope is in the Lord, you'll never be disappointed. Man can disappoint you. Don't blame it on God. Your boss can disappoint you. Don't blame it on God. People around you may disappoint you and let you down. Don't blame it on God. Many times we start blaming the Lord and God is not behind those things. We live in a fallen world where our sin affects each other. If I kick Paul in the shins now and I hurt him, that's my doing. Don't blame it on God. It was my, me, a fallen man hurting you. And so there's many times in our lives that all we've got to do is encourage that God is our hope. God is our future. That God brings about light in the darkest places and the darkest circumstances. Many people need to find their hope in the Lord. I want to encourage you to, as you build your life, as you build your families, as you build your circumstances, as you build everything in your life, I want to encourage you to do it for the Lord with your hope and your confidence and your trust in God.
Otherwise, it will crumble and fall when a Jenga block gets removed. When something just falls down, your life will be destroyed as you go through this turmoil. But if it's planned and it's based on God as the foundation, and your hope and your trust is in the Lord, whatever comes, whatever negative situations come and whatever trials come, because they do come, when they come, you'll stand firm with the Lord because you're on the foundation of Christ. Listen to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23 verse 17 to 18 says, Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. Ties in beautifully to our past series we did. There is surely a hope, a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. What a beautiful promise. That as you remain in Christ, there is surely a hope for you and for your life. If you're overwhelmed by what you're going through and you feel like life is falling apart and you feel like you're in such bad circumstances financially or such debt or such issues in your marriage, if you focus on God, God promises that there is a hope for you. And as I said last week, let the author write your story, the rest of your story. Let the author, don't predict the rest of your life in turmoil. Don't confess over your life that your life is going to turn out to be a mess and that everything's going downhill because the world's doing that. Allow them to do that. You stand up and you believe in your own heart with all conviction that my God has a future for my life. That my future won't be a future. This country may look like it's going down, but we're going to stand up and shine in this place. God's going to bring about prosperity and blessing for His people as we seek Him and as we walk with Him. There's a hope and there's a future for us as His children. There's a special future for those in Christ. Psalm 37 verse 9 says, For the evildoers will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. That means that, this is David speaking here, he's saying those who are against him, all his enemies are going to be destroyed. They're going to come to the end of themselves. But us who stand firm in God, who trust the Lord, who have a heart set out on God and Him alone, who are in love with Him, will inherit the land. Blessings. That's what he's speaking about. Blessings, prosperity, peace, God's presence, God's future for us. And so I want to encourage you to hang on to these promises and to be aware and understand how God has got something in store for your life. Don't think it's over. Don't think. God is good. And God has good plans for us. Psalm chapter 39 verse 5 to 7 says, You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. But now, Lord, what do I look for? And here's the thing, and he puts a period, a full stop at the end. He says, my hope is in you. David had such security in God. My hope is in you. You know, when I'm feeling down, the best thing I can do in my life is to turn to the Lord and start understanding, being convinced of the good things that God still has in store for us. And that just lifts your heart. It lifts your soul instantly out of the the pits. 
out of the dark places. And so put your hope in the Lord. You know, when, when your hope is in the Lord, and that's what I find so amazing about God and His people. When your hope is in the Lord, you have security. When your hope is in the Lord, you have a positive mindset. When your hope is in the Lord, you have purpose. Your life has meaning. And so if you're struggling and you're feeling like you're lost and you're purposeless or you're down, put your hope in God. And as you have that, your faith levels will rise. And as your faith rises, so does your hope even rise higher. And you begin believing and trusting God, saying, I've got good things coming. I don't know about you guys confessing out there over your lives that it's the end and you better run and flee. I'm not running and fleeing right now at all because I know God has got good plans in my life and for my life and for us as a church and for us as kingdom people. And God wants to just build you up. Isn't it amazing? And I want you to encourage people out there in your workplace, if they sound down, they sound depressed, full of anxiety and worry and concern and they sound hopeless, it's so easy to build them up and tell them to put their hope in the Lord because good things are on their way for them that believe Him and then that trust Him. I've been, I mean, Nigel, thank you for sharing and opening the service just about some of the testimonies. I mean, in Nigel's life and many others, you guys have been trusting God in some of the difficult circumstances for many, many, many years. It's so easy. Let me tell you, it would have been so easy. And he had tough days, for sure. I mean, them as a family, they had tough days. Where your thoughts come and overwhelm you. Where you feel like dejected. You don't want to get up in the morning. You feel like, as, as he once shared here, hiding under the blankets and just not getting up. You have those moments. But let me tell you, as a family, they trust the Lord 100%. And even though these tough times have lasted a long season in your lives, to see what God is busy doing is mind-blowing. It's amazing. It's only God, the miracle worker, providing what He's doing in your life. And they testify of that. Um, it's phenomenal to see what God has done and how He's now bringing connections and relationships together and how projects are coming together. You know, I want to basically close off with this, this testimony as well. When things are, are looking hopeless and down and at an end, believe God. Just believe God. For many years we've been trusting God for this church. You know, here's a testimony and it's only coming into fruition now. In many ways we've been um, hunting down land. You know, going from those who have journeyed with us for the last six years, seven years, We've been hunting for land from one place to the next. And we kind of go, wow, this will work lacquer. So we go there and we pray over the land and we get excited and we start dreaming. And a month or two or three months later, the door closes and we go, oh man, okay, we're back to, you know, the starting blocks. <laughs> and that's funny, as I say that, we think we go back to the starting blocks, but God is taking us on a journey. We're not going backwards. God is building us our endurance and our patience. And we go to the next property and we're on the next property and we think, yes, finally, here it is. We get excited and we pray and we pray God's blessing over it and we trust God and we say, Lord, if this is your place, build it, Lord. And that door gets shut and it happened year after year. Eventually we get to Redstone here and you know how it was, a piece, a piece of land at the bottom of the property, two hectares gets given to us and we go, finally, finally, here it is. This is it. This is our place. Now, in the beginning, 
in most of our hearts. Right in the beginning, we believed and we felt that God was going to do something big through this church. Lots of things to build His kingdom. It wouldn't just be a little church running on a Sunday, but it would have massive outreach projects to the community. And over time, you get discouraged and you because one door closes off to the next. And we started saying, when we got this property, I started saying, and I said it to one person, I couldn't say it to the whole church. I said, yes, are we just giving in to what's easiest now? Is this really what God wants for us? Because now I feel we're just taking whatever we can get. If we had gone and taken this piece of land here in Redstone, the two hectares, um, we would have been so restricted in terms of what we could accomplish as community projects. Way too small. You would have built a little church, have a car park, and a little playground, and children's church facilities, and you would have been stuck, you know, with very little to do. And when this door closed, and they told us, listen, actually we've changed our minds, we're not having you build a church here anymore, you have to look elsewhere, there were moments of where I felt dejected, where I felt discouraged, and I said, God, another door. I thought, where are you, Lord? How many of you feel that way in your lives? Where you say, gee, Lord, where are you in this? I don't feel you. I don't sense you. It's just hopelessness. It's just kind of going down and down. Where are you? Now we're back at the starting point. But now we see down the journey. We never went back to square one. God has built us up as a people and he's honored the dreams and the visions that we had to do community projects where we needed a bigger piece of land, where we needed something far bigger so we could do farming and all kinds of things and community projects and sports and recreation where we can do something to bring people onto the land. And let me tell you, the first time we visited that land was with Johan. He organized for us to go and see it and we walked on and I think we've shared it before. And some of you felt the same way Paul was saying it this morning. It looked rough. And we said, yes, Lord, are we really going to, is this really what you've got in store for us? But now as we push along and we see what God is doing, there are some incredible things taking place. Um, we want that, as we said, that place to be a hub for the community to come onto. So there have been guys that have approached us and come to us and said, we're ready right now. We want to put paddle courts onto that property because um, we want that place to be a hub of sports, recreation, farming, empowering and equipping people to do things, um, to run businesses. We want to do everything we can to draw people onto that piece of land as the church. And so I don't know if you know paddle courts. They are a huge thing that's gone up and they're going to invest cash. They're going to build it on that property and do it and run the, the business there. And that's a facility to bring people in. That is amazing. Just in the last week and a half, people came to us as well and said, um, through some context, um, we want to, you know, they, they run Christian schools. And they said, will you do a Christian school on your premises? And we said, absolutely. Imagine having a powerful Christian school on those premises where the church and the school work together and Im impact so many families here in Hartis. That will make massive, massive changes to this community. Where we run it purely for the Lord. That if you come into that school, you're going to hear us praying over you, speaking God's truth. We will not adopt any kind of culture out there that goes against the Word of God. We'll run it with a Christian powerful principles and culture. So, God is doing big things. Amen. So, with that, there are so many other things that God's going to do on that property. Get stuck in. 
Bring your dreams, your visions, your passions, what you feel in your heart. And let's, that, that place is going to develop faster than I think we can think. And it's God honoring us. And let me tell you, that's what it is. I felt hopeless. I felt like, God, again, it's going nowhere. We're moving backwards again. I felt like it was over. But then you look back now and you say, wow, Lord. God has, he's busy doing things in the background often. You know that song, Waymaker? Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Don't be dejected. Be filled with hope. Place your trust and your confidence in God. Good things are always to come for God's people because He is good. And He's the giver of good gifts, as the Word says. Amen. Stand with me as we close this morning. You know, a picture just I want to close off with in mind. It's been winter. How many of us have made fireplaces in our, in our, in our homes? Those nice warm fireplaces and you just sit there by the fire. At many times you've got to fan that, those flames. You've got to take something, you've got to fan those flames to build up, to get that heat going again. And I want to say to you this morning, in your own life and people's lives around you, fan into flame hope. Fan into flame hope. Get that hope burning in your life and be hope partakers, hope imparters to people's lives around you. Go and impart hope to the world. And as I said last week, it's hope in Christ and in nothing else. It's hope in Christ. Amen. 